This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. This Week in Sports Business. We're now turning our attention to the world of sports business. We are excited to have Darren Ravel joining us now. Darren is a sports business reporter and senior executive producer for the Action Network. Darren, welcome to the show. But I will say that you are most famous in my mind for bringing Kate Upton to the White House Correspondents' Dinner. Uh, and that was in 2011, Darren. She's now Mrs. Justin Verlander. But I, I do remember that quite well. Yeah, you know, uh, I knew she was going to be a star. So I just love the fact that you and I stood up to her shoulder in height. Okay, that was another <laughs> fascinating thing about that evening. But talk about the big news yesterday as Tops and Major League Baseball ended their 70-year partnership. How has this unfolded and how did Fanatics get in there? Yeah, you know, this as as you know, I mean, in business, uh, Michael Rubin is just an absolute bear. And I think he figured out that the the asset was, you know, the license. And uh, I'm sure they had uh, talks with tops. Fanatics is getting into all these verticals beyond merchandise. I mean, right now, they're the largest um, uh, licensed merchandise uh, in terms of sports company in the world. Um, and they wanted to get into trading cards. And they figured out that, hey, even though there are years and years left on this license for tops, if we get the next deal, we basically render tops useless. And this was coming down to Mudrick Capital and the SPAC. And they they had the vote this Wednesday to take them public. And this morning, of course, uh, you know, Mudrick is like, oh, my God, we valued them at one point three billion dollars. What are they worth now? Now that we are basically getting canceled from future rights and now they've they've cut off that that business combination and looking somewhere else. And now Fanatics is going to get tops for a song because they have a whole lot of incredible intellectual capital from their history. What do you what do you think this means in general for sports, sports memorabilia, sports gear, sports trading? Are we heading for a monopoly or are we it's clear, dude, uh, it is it is a clear monopoly. Um, you know, Fanatics is the only one that can put uh, you know, take a blank jersey and put a Nike logo on it. Um, you know, if you go back, it's just a fascinating history. Michael Rubin sold uh, GSI Commerce to eBay years and years ago for 2.3 billion bucks. And eBay did not want the sports business because eBay uh, thrives off this sports business that is that is driven by consumers. So they sold it back to Rubin for 300 million. And then Michael just builds this incredible business where he just has deals with all the leagues and can do whatever he wants. And, you know, just just decided to go into all these verticals. He's going to sports betting. Um, he just hired Tucker Kane from the Dodgers, huge hire um, to go into all these verticals, uh, now valued at $18 billion. So, um, yeah, this is this is this is going to be a monopoly. Um, and uh, I just don't, I just don't know if it's a monopoly to the point where the feds care about it or not. But uh, I think some of the reaction yesterday was a negative reaction, as you always have when you have companies that are just taking over and uh, concerned well, about fanatics, it. Well, fanatics end up buying tops. Absolutely. They have to. 
that Topps just has such a uh, all all the designs that they've had over time. Um, you need those. You absolutely need those. And I think that'll also take some of the sting away from the public saying you killed Topps. Well, you didn't kill Topps if you bought them. Makes sense. I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a, uh, I'm an owner of Stratomatic Baseball, by the way. I don't know if ah, I, awesome. That's awesome. I've got about ten percent of that company. It's been around for sixty years. Hal Richmond is a uh, native of the town of Port Washington. I grew up in. I, I was raised on Stratomatic Baseball. And for our listeners, you, you know, you know, I'm a Roslyn boy, right or no? I do, of course. I've got, I remember the whole story. You know, I, I, I was, I was talking to Kate Upton, but I was once in a while <laughs> listening to. Aaron. I just want to make sure you know that, but. Uh, uh, anyway, Stratomatic Baseball, all part of that genre. Talk about the explosion of the sports memorabilia market we have seen in the recent years. What do you make of all that? Unbelievable. I mean, you know, I've been collecting for 25 years, um, and, but just just amazing. And I think the reason all this happened was not only the recognition of uh, cards and memorabilia as a real alternate asset class as the bank is offering you nothing, but, but, but also I think it has to do with during COVID, we needed that dopamine. And, and auctions provide that dopamine, you know, it, it, it gets you up. Um, and so I think it also a, a nostalgia, people going through their houses, people trying to find, you know, like what is in their closets. And I think that combined with the fact that we're not having normal human interaction really created, you know, people wanted to go back to the days of old. And, and uh, I think this is a real, I, I, th- I think memorabilia in the right places is a real alt asset class for all time now. So I'm, I'm uh, obviously a big investor in Bitcoin, well-documented. People tell me it's worthless. There is a uh, piece of cardboard with four-color process print on it from the 1950s. It's got a picture of Mickey Mantle's face on it. It's worth $5.2 million. I know this because one of my good friends bought the card. Is it worth $5.2 million, that piece of cardboard with Mickey's face on it? Yeah, you know, I I think it is, and and he and Rob Rob bought a nine, and there are three tens out there that are now worth probably twenty million dollars each. Um, the, I feel like there are there are three real iconic cards now uh, in in the business. You have the T two hundred six Honus Wagner uh, Piedmont cigarettes um, from nineteen nine oh nine to nineteen eleven. You have the fifty two Mantle. Um, which is just an incredible story, great picture. And then you have the 86 Jordan. Those are the three cards that if you want the iconic cards, and I don't know if anyone has the the entire, you know, is playing the cycle there, but um, uh, I think those are the cards that you need to have. I, I, I zag in other directions. I zag in uh, more illiquid uh, markets, but things that are unique. So I'm the largest collector in the world of checks, um, and the largest collector of tickets. I love it. Uh, tell me about the impact of the new image and likeness changes in college sports and the money and business we are seeing made there. 
for so long, we were trying to figure out how do athletes get paid and we couldn't pay each of them uh, based on performance. So name, image and likeness is essentially allowing them to get endorsements based on their name. The school's not paying them. And it seems to be a more fair system. And you can get around kind of Title IX with the women. You're not paying the men more than the women. It's just a, a complete meritocracy. Um, and, and in some cases there have been surprises, you know, you do have Spencer Rattler, who's the Oklahoma quarterback, probably making 600, $700,000 a year in autographs and other things, other deals. Um, but then you have Olivia Dunn, who's a gymnast at LSU, who has like 4 million followers on TikTok, And, you know, she might make a million dollars in name, image, and likeness. So very interesting. I think overall outside the top 35, 40 people, uh, there's minimal dollars to be had, but I think a lot of it is just the principle of them being able to make something. Uh, Tokyo Olympics, positive or negative? I think NBC didn't do the greatest job in the world. They wanted to push things to Peacock. Obviously the time difference for people here in America was an issue. Um, I thought the Simone Biles and the discussion over mental health was a net positive. Um, anytime you can talk about someone at the height of their career having mental health issues, whether people think it's real or not, um, I think that was a big contribution. Uh, Caleb Dressel, amazing. Um, you always need someone in the pool. Um, and uh, Allison Felix, a tremendous story in her fifth Olympics. Sydney McLaughlin um, is going to be the next real big star in track. So I think it was it was good from a standpoint of we we have the next uh, generation of stars and know who they are and and it was good in that way. But the time difference just the time difference killed, and I didn't think NBC did us any favors. Talk about the few things you're following closest in the sports business world in the near and the long term, Darren. So I work at the Action Network, which is technically. <laughs> you know, a best in class, um, you know, gambling operation in terms of giving you the best in media, making you the better, better, better. But over the past six to eight months, we've kind of defined all these things like crypto, uh, like memorabilia, like NFTs. I'm covering all these things. I'm very interested. You mentioned Bitcoin. I'm very interested in gamified NFTs. Um, i I did at one point invest $93,000 in digital horses. You know, the idea that you could get almost a dividend, you can you can win races and get money, you can breed and get money, you can sell and get money, and you know, you don't have to sell it all in entirety. I mean, NFTs and smart contracts really appeal to me, but I also think it's a little bit of a red herring because uh, you know, people are now collecting art, digital art, and they have no idea of they've never collected real art before. You know, just because it is obtainable doesn't mean you should be collecting it. So I'm I'm watching all the the collecting and and everything that and and I'm, I do watch you know crypto and everything going on there. I think that's the most fascinating parts of society. I think we're so ratcheted up right now again for that dopamine. We don't have normal human interaction. And um, do you think we'll ever fractionalize a sports franchise where all of a sudden we're selling a large team, an MLB team, an NBA team, the public could get the opportunity to own it in an NFT? Not at not not at any not at any level. I mean, there is a Mexican uh, league that uh, league team that sold one percent as an NFT. Uh, I, I just it, it would be cool. But I just don't think as these businesses continue to get bigger and bigger, 
I don't, I don't think that they'd open up to, to be able to, you know, I mean, at some point, if you want to get max value, you have to show your finances. And I don't, I don't and you, think. Can you fractionalize memorabilia? Yeah. So fractionalized memorabilia is, is, is killing it right now. There's companies like I'm actually an advisor to rally, um, which is, I mean, they, they are doing an incredible job. Um, they've, they've fractionalized <laughs> so many things. And I think, you know, people, people love to at least get a piece of something. Um, it, 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 all, it, it all of a sudden makes something obtainable that had not been obtainable before. So whether it's 1936 Olympics, Jesse Owens tickets or an Apple one computer, um, fractionalized memorabilia is, is here to stay. It's totally SEC regulated. And I think in the next couple months, what we'll watch for is it to trade like a real market every day. Um, that that's where the, because right now they just have trading windows. So it's not really an efficient market, but I think they'll be, you'll be able to trade, you know, Michael Jordan game used shoes every day. And I think that that will substantively change the market. You got about 30 seconds. Where's sports in a decade way bigger, the same exponentially growing Darren? Um, I think uh, it is challenged. Uh, I think that betting is the big thing that keeps sports relevant. Um, again, as I watch my kids and I watch them on YouTube and I watch, you know, how many things, you know, talk about fractionalization, their time. Um, so sports live to the kids is not what it was to us. And um, I, I worry a little bit, but uh, I, I, I think that betting and, and other things uh, will, will ratchet things up and, and allow, uh, sports to continue to be relevant. It's 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 such a good uh, piece of media. Well, I, I look forward to seeing you again. I'm expecting a exquisite dinner guest when you and I get together for dinner, Darren. You got to promise me that. Darren, thank you very much for taking the time to be with us today. You got it. Great catching up with you, Anthony. That was Darren Ravel, uh, a business sports reporter and senior executive producer for the Action Network. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.